Greetings family and welcome to another day, to another service. This is not just an ordinary day. This is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. This is the day that the Marys came to the tomb to bring spices, to finish something that they were supposed to have done on the Friday that Jesus was crucified, but they couldn't do so this morning. They came to the tomb only to find that the tomb is empty. This is the day that as Christians, we celebrate that Jesus, the one that you are following, the author and the finisher of our faith, rose from the dead. They went there and they did not find him in the tomb. So we are celebrating Resurrection Sunday because Jesus rose from the dead. You can go to Muhammad's tomb. You'll find remains of him there. You can go to your ancestors' tombs. You will find the bones or remains of your ancestors. But the Jesus that we are believing in, the Jesus that we are trusting in, the Jesus that our hope is in, who rose on this day and is seated on the right hand side with the Father. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, King of Kings. Glory to you, Lord of Lords. Glory to you, miracle worker. Glory to you, promise keeper. We bring your name today. We exalt your name, the name that's above all names. The name that death could not hold back. The name that the stone that was put on the tomb could not hold back. The guards were put there to keep you in there in case the disciples came and stole your body. But Jesus, on this day, you rose from the dead. You didn't need disciples to take your body out. You got out because death could not hold you. Sin could not hold you. Nothing could hold you back. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Why did Jesus rise from the dead? Because God was satisfied with the punishment that he had administered on Jesus. Glory to you, God. We thank you, God, that on this day you said punishment has been completed because family, the wages of sin is death. So therefore, on this day, Jesus rose from the dead. There was Friday where he was crucified. There was Friday where our sins were put upon him. There was Friday where he who had no sin became sin. He didn't commit sin, but he became sin. This was the day, but he knew that Sunday was coming. He told them, he told them that destroy this body, destroy this temple. On the third day I will rise it. That is why he's called the I am the resurrection. I am the life. Nothing could hold him on this day. He rose out. He came out of the tomb because God was done. God said, I am done. The punishment is complete. A sin has been destroyed. The wrath has been executed. Punishment has been done. On this day, it was confirmation that the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God that was in Jesus was put upon us. We are celebrating this day, children of God, that Jesus rose from the dead. Hallelujah. It is proof. It is proof that our sins are forgiven. It is proof that death has no control of us. It is proof that sin has been destroyed. Glory to Jesus.
1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 14, this is Paul saying, If Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. Child of God, your faith is not empty because the tomb is empty. Our preaching is not in vain. Our preaching is not empty because the tomb is empty. When you go to verse 17 on the Amplified Version, it says, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless, not just empty. Your faith is worthless and powerless. There is power in your faith, child of God. But because Jesus rose from the dead, because the tomb is empty, your faith is powerful. Your faith is strong. Your faith is mighty. Heaven there, child of God. Jesus rose on this day. He came to Martha and said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus did not rise from the dead because Jesus many times rose people from the dead and they still went and died. But Jesus was the resurrection. When you get resurrected, you will never die again. That is why he said to Martha, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Whoever believes in me, though they may die, they live in Jesus' most precious name. Glory to you, Jesus. I am so excited that the King of Kings rose on this day. The Lord of Lords rose on this day. The tomb could not hold him. Child of God, remember on this day, as you celebrate this day, that nothing is impossible with Jesus. Nothing is impossible with Jesus. Nothing can hold Jesus back. Tomb could not hold him. Death could not hold him. The gods could not handle him. Glory to you, Jesus. This day gives us hope. This day gives us hope, child of God, that although you may die, you will rise. You will rise, and when you rise, you will live forever. Glory to you, God. First Peter verse 3 says, Praise to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. You have new birth, child of God. He has given us. You do not work for it, but God gave it to you out of his mercy. Being a merciful God, his mercies are new every day, child of God. Although you may fall, but God's mercies are new every day. God's mercies are fresh every day. God does not count anything against you. He is looking at the life that is going to spend with you in eternity. He is looking at what Jesus did on the cross. This verse says, He has given us new birth into a living hope. A living hope and a hope of eternity. Hope of eternity. Glory to you, Jesus. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Child of God, not only have you been given a new birth, but you have been given a living hope. Hope that is alive. Hope that is alive through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Glory to you, Jesus. You may be wondering at this point, Pastor, what is your title? My title this morning is, Keep your hope alive. He is alive. Keep your hope alive because Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Jesus is sitting on the right hand side of the Father. He is alive. Keep your hope alive. This message this morning is to encourage you, child of God. Don't let your hope die. Keep your hope alive. Keep your hope alive because you have been given the living hope. You have been given a living hope. Keep your hope alive, child of God. 
Glory to you, Jesus. Many times in life, we go through situations. We hope for things, and things don't turn out the way we hope them to turn out. Things don't take place the way we expected them to turn. People that we expected to do certain things, we're hoping on them, and they don't show up. They don't keep their promises. Child of God, I'm saying there's hope in the living God. There's hope in the living Christ who rose from the dead. And the fact that he rose from the dead is hope for you. Jesus is alive. Keep your hope alive, child of God. Keep your hope alive, child of God. Don't let your hope die. Yes, Jesus died, but on the third day he rose from the dead. Keep your hope alive because he is alive. Because your hope of glory, the Lord of Lords is alive. Keep your hope alive. Don't let the challenges of this world, don't let the issues of this world, don't let the devil take away the hope that is in you. Because hope comes from God. Peter says, I pray that you may be abound, that you may overflow in hope. I'm here to encourage you, child of God. That despite what you may be experiencing, despite what you may be seeing, maybe you are not experiencing hardship, but there are things that you are believing God for, there are things that you have desires for, there are dreams that you have, there are aspirations that you have, and over time they haven't manifested and you started to lose hope. Your hope has died. I'm saying to you, child of God. Today is Resurrection Sunday. Let your hope rise. Let your hope rise. Let your hope rise. Let your hope rise in Jesus' most precious name. Glory to you, King of Kings. The book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1, speaks of faith. Let me just say, child of God, your hope is what feeds faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. The one version in NIV says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. There needs to be a hope for faith to operate. Faith is confidence in what we hope for. Another version says, Faith is what makes real the things we hope. Faith is what makes real the things we hope. If there's no hope, Where's faith? Because faith needs to find a base. Faith needs to find an anchor. Faith needs to find something that you are hoping God for. Glory to you, King of Kings. Another version says, Faith makes us sure of what we hope for. Faith finds its building block on hope. Hope gives faith fuel. Hope gives faith direction. Hope is important in the manifestation of faith. Glory to you, Jesus. In Romans 4 verse 18, when it was beyond hope, speaking about Abraham, when it was beyond hope, he had faith in the hope. He had faith in the hope. Other version says, although there was no hope, he hoped. This version says he had faith in the hope. There needs to be hope for there to be faith. I'm saying, child of God, don't let
your hope die. Don't let your hope die. Keep your hope alive. Glory to you, Jesus. My message this morning is kept it from a story found in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 24. It's a story that happened on the same day that we're celebrating today. It's a story that happened on the resurrection of Jesus. It's a story about two men that are headed back to their village, coming out of Jerusalem, where Jesus had been crucified on the Friday. They are walking back home and they are discussing the happenings of the weekend. And Jesus comes and joins them. He walks along with them and he starts asking, what are you talking about? They say to him, we are talking about what happened in Jerusalem. Don't you know? Are you not from Jerusalem? Because if you are from Jerusalem, you would know what happened. You would know what happened. And Jesus continues to interrogate. Tell me what happened. And I'm going to catch it from verse 19. Luke chapter 24, verse 19 to 21. The Bible says, What things Jesus asked them? The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said, He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders, handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him we had hoped we had hoped he was the messiah who had come to rescue israel this all happened three days ago the bible says if you read earlier it says these men their faces were full of sadness their faces were downcast. Why is that? Because they had hoped that the Messiah was going to rescue them, was going to rescue Israel. But the Messiah on Friday did not give a fight. The Messiah on Friday hung on the cross like a criminal. We had hoped, we had hoped, we had hoped. Let me just say to you, child of God, maybe you are one of those. The story may relate to it. I had hoped, and you can finish the sentence. I had hoped that by now I would be out of debt. I had hoped that by now I would be completely healed. I had hoped by now that my son or child would have left drugs. I had hoped by now things would have changed in my marriage for the better. I had hoped this message is for you. Maybe not now. Maybe for the future. Because this is a message of hope. Maybe you had a dream. I had hoped by now that my business would be doing well. I had hoped by now that I would have finished fasting. I had hoped by now. They had hoped. 
And I'm here to tell you whatever your hope is that may have dwindled, that may have withered, I'm here to encourage you this morning to say, child of God, keep your hope alive. Keep your hope active. Keep your hope alive because Christ, the King of hope, has risen. I just want to share on this message parallel with a story only found in the book of John. It is the story of Lazarus and it's found in chapter 11. This is a story. It's the seventh, the last sign of Christ before he went and was crucified. This is a story about siblings, Lazarus, Martha and Mary. Jesus loved them. They were Tommies, they were friends. It's time Jesus would come into their city, into their town, Bethany. He would come to their place and spend time there and they'd cook meals for him. He would just be with them. He was their friend. They loved him, he loved them. Glory to you, Jesus. But this time, one time, Lazarus falls sick. And Jesus is not in the town, he's not in Bethany. And Martha and Mary sent someone to a message to Jesus to say, Jesus, the one whom you love, the one whom you love, Jesus has fallen sick. The one whom you love, Jesus has fallen sick. And they then wait back home for Jesus to show up. But Jesus does not show up. They wait, and I'm sure each time they heard footsteps by the door or nearby that say, this must be Jesus. And whenever they got a knock, they thought this must be Jesus. But Jesus was not there. Jesus did not show up until their brother died. They possibly could have waited a day or two before they buried their brother because they may have heard about Jairus, his daughter, who Jesus rose from the dead. Maybe after the day or two, they then decide we are going to go and bury our brother. And as they are marching, they are hoping because they had heard about a son of a widow who Jesus rose from the dead as the widow was going to bury him. They may have thought that maybe he's still going to come. But they get to the tomb. Jesus hasn't shown up. And they put the body in the tomb. They close the tomb. And what they'd hoped for hasn't happened. Let me tell you, child of God, in the book of John 11, Verse 4 and 6, my Bible says, when the message got to Jesus, Jesus heard. Jesus heard. It says twice in verse 4 and in verse 6 that Jesus heard. And I'm sure on the other side, Martha and Mary had concluded that Jesus did not hear. He doesn't love us. He doesn't care for us. 
because we told him, we reminded him that it's not just any Lazarus, it is the one whom you love. I'm saying to you, child of God, the fact that you are not seeing any signs, the fact that you are not seeing anything does not mean that Jesus has not heard you. Does not mean that God has not heard you, child of God. Eventually, when Jesus got there and the tomb has been opened, what does Jesus say? He raises his eyes and says, God, I thank you for hearing me. Father, I know. I don't doubt. I know you always hear me. Glory to Jesus. I'm saying, you child of God, Jesus is alive. Don't give up on hope. Don't give up on him. He has heard your prayer. He has heard your cries. He has heard your request. The fact that you are not seeing it does not mean that Jesus has not heard. On the other side, they thought he hadn't heard. But if you read the story, the Bible says he heard. Verse 4, when Jesus heard that. Verse 6, so when he heard, glory to you, Jesus. Number two, a word was declared. Child of God, my Bible says, when Jesus heard the message, he said, the sickness shall not result in death. No, it shall be for the glorification of God through his son, Jesus Christ. The sickness shall not result in death. On the other side, the women are crying, the women are worried, but something has been declared this side. Had they known that, they would have been rejoicing. Had they known that, there would be tears. Had they known that, they'd be dancing a different song. I'm saying to you, child of God, you may not be seeing things, but things have been declared. Things have been declared over your life. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, King of Kings. Don't lose hope. Because things have been declared over your life. Things have been declared over your situation that you have not yet comprehended, that you have not yet seen in the spiritual realm. Jesus declared that side, that this sickness shall not result in death, but in the glorification of God. Glory to you. Father, we love you for your word. I'm reminded of the story of Daniel. And Daniel is praying that the angel of the Lord shows up and says to Daniel, Daniel, the moment you began praying, a command was given. Daniel, the moment you began praying, a word went out to give you an answer. Child of God, hear this. This message is for you. The moment you put your head and prayed before God, a command was released in the spiritual realm. Something was released in the spiritual realm. You may not see it. Don't give up on God. Don't lose your hope. Keep your hope alive. Something was declared. Daniel, the moment you spoke, a word was released. The moment you prayed, a word was released. Don't give up. Don't 
the word, got in the boat and slept. Took a pillow, slept. And as they were traveling, as they were sailing, a big storm comes. It's so bad that the boat begins to be. They think they're about to drown. And they come and shake Jesus. Jesus, wake up. Wake up. Can you not see? Do you not care about us? And Jesus woke up and said, We're still. Jesus was at peace because he had raised the land and said nothing to the other side. So the storm came. He was asleep while they were panicking. If Martha and Mary had known that a word had been released, they'd be rejoicing. They'll be singing a different song. I'm saying to you, child of God, the minute you pray, a command was given, a command was released. Glory to you, Jesus. Start celebrating. Start rejoicing. That is why the Bible says, rejoice all the time. That is why the Bible says, do not be anxious about anything, but in all things make your request made to God with supplication and with giving thanks. Start giving thanks because the minute you pray, the minute you cried out, the minute you made a request, something was released from heaven. Glory to you, King of Kings. We love you, God. We thank you for your word. Father, be glorified. Number three, delay is never denial. Delay is never denial. If you read the story about Jesus and Lazarus, the Bible says in verse 6, so when Jesus heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. He stayed two more days. Why did he stay two more days? Because he had released the word earlier on to say the sin. While they were anxious, while they were panicking that side, while they were worried that side, Jesus stayed two days. He stayed two days. Child of God, Jesus was not just staying there because he wanted to frustrate them, because he wanted them to leave, because of whatever. Here is why Jesus stayed. One of the reasons that Jesus stayed. It's fine. I'm using the message version. It is when Jesus says to us, to the 
the Pharisees, the council, and the priests wanted to kill Jesus. They could handle someone being risen soon after they've died. Jairus' daughter, when Jesus raised her from the dead, it didn't bother them. They could handle a Jesus raising a widow's son that was waiting to be buried because according to the Jews, they had this belief that if someone dies, the spirit, his spirit hovers around the area, hovers around the area for three days. And after three days, the spirit never comes back. So when Jesus raises someone that has just died, in their mind, they are saying that another spirit was there. Jesus is that that you did. When Jesus raises someone who's going to be buried, in those days they buried very soon after the person died because they did not have any refrigerators. But when it came to Lazarus, it was not just three days, four days had gone. And it's in a hot area. There are no refrigerators. And his body is starting to rot. And here is Jesus raising someone from the dead. Four days when we thought such was impossible. We cannot let this man live. So from that day onwards, they started planning to kill him. They were saying there's a price over his life. We cannot let such kind of things to happen. That is why he says to his disciples, I'm glad I was there because you are about to be given new grounds for faith. Your faith is about to be taken to Child of God, this is a message for you. Delay is not denial. Delay is not denial. I thank you, God. Number four. Jesus is not the past tense. Jesus is not the past tense. Back to the story of the two men. If you read again that story, verse 19, they said he was a prophet who did powerful miracles. And he was a mighty teacher. They were speaking about Jesus in the past tense. They were speaking about Jesus. They were talking about a story when the story maker was with them. They were talking about the hope when the hope was with them. They were talking about Jesus in the past tense when Jesus was walking with them. Child of God, Jesus is not in the past tense. He was a prophet. He did mighty and powerful miracles. He was mighty in teaching. Child of God, the best days are yet to come. Look forward and not mourn what happened in the past. Glory to you, Jesus. Jesus is not past tense. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. So if Jesus is alive, keep your hope alive. Because hope is futuristic. Hope is not the past. 
Jesus is our future. Jesus is our today. Jesus is our tomorrow. Glory to you, King of Kings. In the book of Revelation, God takes John the Apostle in spirit and starts to reveal things to him and says, write to the seven churches. Write whatever is revealed to you. Whatever you see, write it down. Write it down. And that is what take from the book. Revelation chapter 1 verse 17 to 18. This is John, when he saw Jesus, he says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me. He laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives. And was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Oh, there's an amen from Jesus. There's an amen from Jesus because he was dead, but now he's alive. He is the first and the last. So, child of God, Jesus should never be the past because he was there in the beginning. And he is the eternal end. He is the leader and the perfecter, the author and the perfecter of our faith. He is alive. So, child of God, I'm encouraging you don't lose your hope because Jesus is alive. Jesus has not died, He is alive. Yes, He died then, 2,000 years ago, but today He's seated in high places. He's seated on the throne, on the right of the Father, and he's interceding your case. He's saying, Lord, I know them. I've been there. I've done it. Help them, Lord. Come through. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you, King of Kings. Glory to you, Lord of Lords. Child of God, don't let hope die. Jesus is the same yesterday. Jesus is the same today. The same Jesus that was seen before he was born by Nebuchadnezzar in the fire. And Nebuchadnezzar had instructed that three men be thrown into the fire because they refused to worship the idol that he had made, but worshiped God and refused to settle for anything besides God. I'm saying to you, child of God, it's time you stop settling for other things and settle for nothing else but God. Trust in God. Believe in God. Let your hope be in God, not in idols, not in the money in the bank, not in your health, not in your spouse, but may your trust be in God. Glory to you, Jesus. Glory to you. Lamentations 3 verse 24 says, My hope is in you. My hope is in you. Child of God, back to the story. Jesus is alive. The same Jesus that broke bread 
and fed 5,000 and their children and their wives. The same Jesus that broke bread and fed 4,000 is the same Jesus that is breaking bread today. My Bible says that two men invited Jesus into their house and they had not recognized Jesus. They had not recognized Jesus. Some version says God had made them not to recognize Jesus as he walked with them. But these two men, when they invited Jesus, my Bible says, as they were coming to their house, Jesus pretended as if he was waiting for us because Jesus, child of God, needs to be invited. Jesus is not a game crasher. You cannot expect Jesus to force himself into your life. You've got to invite Jesus into your life, understanding that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You cannot come to God unless you come through the way, in truth, through the life, because he is the resurrection, he is the life, he is the bread of life. Glory to you, God. These men invited him, and Jesus came into their house. Jesus rose from the dead. He came and found them 
in the morning. They had once again been fishing the whole night, but they caught nothing. And he said, Simon Peter, go and cast your net. The same Jesus is causing things to happen. He's causing things to converge so that when you throw your net, you get a catch. When you throw your net, you may have labored for the whole night. You may have labored for the whole of 2020. You may have labored for the whole of 2019. But I'm saying to you, child of God, cast your net again because Jesus is alive. Jesus, the same Jesus that commanded Simon Peter to cast his net. His bones are not in the grave. He is alive and he's saying to me and you, don't give up. Don't let your hope die. Cast your net again. Cast your net again, child of God. Child of God, don't give up. I am reminded of the prophet who had been told by God that he must prepare. The rain is coming. He went and prayed. He prayed the first time. He prayed and he sent his servant, go and see whether there's a cloud for me. The servant came back, no, there is no cloud. He sent him again, go again. And the servant went and the servant came back and said, there is no cloud. On the seventh time, he came back and said, I see a cloud, the size of a fist at a far distance. I've got something better than giving you 
problems. I want to give you freedom from sin and the punishment of sin. I want to give you freedom of reconciliation with the Father so that you may live with the Father in eternity, child of God. Don't lose hope. Don't let your hope die because God has something better for you. I've seen favor in my life because God had something better for me. I'm saying to you, child of God, God has something better for you. Don't lose hope. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above that which you ask or think, child of God, you can only think where there is hope. You can only ask if you are hoping for something. Don't let your hope die. Give God something to hope. Our hope is beyond just daydreaming. Our hope is in the living God. Not like unbelievers who hope for this. Our hope is in a faithful God. Our hope is in a loving God. Our hope is in a caring God. Glory to you, Jesus. Resurrection of Jesus Christ. The I am the resurrection and the life gives us hope that all things are possible. Child of God, I'm saying to you, let your hope not die because Jesus is alive. Always rejoice in the Lord, being thankful and content with what you have. But be hopeful for something better. Be hopeful that things will turn. Be hopeful that the God of the present, the Jesus of the present, still the miracle worker, is going to perform miracles in your life. Be hopeful that the blessings of God that were bestowed on Abraham and by faith we then receive them. Those blessings are yours. Father, we thank you for your word. King of glory, may your word enrich us. May your word reach out to the world. May your word touch souls. May your word just not be sound and gone, my God. But may your word be spiritual. May your word change lives. May your word touch hearts, my God. May your word open spiritual eyes, King. Father, may your word bring hope to those that have lost hope. May your word bring encouragement to those that have lost encouragement. May your word cause faith to rise, my God. Those that may have lost faith, my God, because of what they are seeing, Father, may they see things with their spiritual eyes before they manifest. Father, may they experience the servant of Elijah's experience, my God saw in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Hallelujah.
they have hope that one day you will meet Jesus Christ. One day you will meet God. One day there will be no tears. One day there will be no crying. Jesus said, I go to the Father. I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many rooms. I would not be saying these things to you if that was not the case. Child of God, I hope this message has enriched you. I hope this message has encouraged you. As I close, still on the story of Lazarus, Bible says there were two groups of people. There were those that saw the miracle and believed. There were those that saw the miracles, did not believe and went and told the Pharisees. And from then on, the high priests, the council, together planned. Jesus, we lift up your name, we exalt.